Kaboom! Hey, what's going on, folks? Ty here from Breaker Culture, part of the Bench Club Media team. Uh, I got a great episode for you today. If you're not paying attention, you've probably missed a wave of excitement for this new platform called NBA Top Shot. I shouldn't even say new. It's been around since you know summer of last year. But over the last month, it has been absolutely bonkers in that marketplace. And today, I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to spend some time with uh, Bunchu, Joe, one of my favorite guests, comes from the crypto world, has a big podcast over there. And then about halfway through, I dial in a couple of our uh, popular Discord personalities in the Breaker Culture Discord and uh, some guys that have really been doing well in the Top Shot space. They share some of their strategies for what's working now and give you some tips and kind of how to navigate if you're not involved in Top Shot now, maybe some things you could uh, you could be doing. And if you're involved in it, some things that you should be thinking about. Some really good takeaways. But we'll start the first 20 or so minutes breaking down kind of what Top Shot is. We'll talk about some of my takeaways, my concerns, pros, cons, Joe's as well. And then we'll, we'll have our guest on and then we'll close with some thoughts as well. But overall, I want you to leave today feeling really good about understanding NBA Top Shot and where it might fit inside of our hobby. It's a, it's a complete kind of tangent off of what we're used to, kind of very similar to the Peony blockchain and uh, really everything else associated with crypto in general. So I think today will be very helpful if you're interested in learning more about that. So uh, also, if you haven't been checking out some of the great content from Benchcare the last week, we've put out some awesome stuff. We had a tax episode a couple nights ago where we had a CPA on and we helped folks just understand um, how to do taxes as a sports card collector. A lot of you guys are getting 1099s now and you probably want to know, okay, what do I do here? How do I file this? And there's, there's a few different ways you can do that. And so we had a CPA break that down for us and help help us all understand the best way to approach it. Um, and so I think you'll enjoy that episode. Mike's been putting out some great content um, in his vintage podcast. Uh, there's going to be some new episodes next week from The Poll, um, a really retail-oriented episode that'll be fun. And I think Jeff's cooking up some good stuff too. And of course, check out everything that Pat Geek and Up North are doing as well. Tyson uh, finishing up his podcast for the NFL season. I'm sure he's cooking up some more things uh, also. Uh, and then finally, go check out everything Ed's doing. Ed is doing some cool stuff with his nostalgia hour. Uh, he sits down and is games retro games with people and opens up packs for 45 minutes it's some pretty fun stuff so all in all bench clear putting out some really unique sports card content hope you enjoy it but until then go enjoy this episode all about nba top shot hey what's going on folks ty here breaker culture and today we are talking about something that uh, i would not have guessed this a month ago but is fresh on all of our collectors minds and that is this new phenomena called NBA Top Shot. And there's no one better to talk about this than Mr. Bunchu himself. How you doing, man? What's up? I am glad to be here. I, I Third time. I can't even believe it. So I was, telling my, <laughs> I was telling my wife I was coming on the show, and she's like, what? How, haven't, she's like, haven't you already been on that show? I'm like, yeah, twice. And she's, I'm like, I think I'm like the, you know, the Bitcoin blockchain guy. That's why they need me. <laughs> you are. You're the resident expert. You're the That's resident funny. expert. <laughs> uh, when you and I were, uh, we were on the Discord, and it's blown up the last, basically the oh, last yeah. month. Like the digital card uh, Top Shot channel is getting all the activity. And then you and I about a week ago, were like, okay, 
we need to talk. About it. <laughs> I think you're going to talk about it in your podcast too. You'll probably For have sure. some Dapper on. We probably will too. But I'm excited to break this down. So let's take a step back. For all those that, by, by the way, congrats on your kid. Oh, you thank got, you got very a, much. Brand new. Five days, five days old. He's uh, his name is Graham Thomas, and he is a big dude. He was born uh, nine pounds uh, six ounces and twenty one inches long. So he's already half my height. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, he's a big he's a big dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, buddy, it's uh it's pretty awesome. My first child. So, I mean, you're you're no stranger to that world. So, um, it's been Can an I adventure so far. Can I show the picture you shared? Is that oh yeah, man? absolutely. Check this out, man. This is a uh, this is a good looking dude. Come oh, on, look now. at him. He's <laughs> come on now. Look at him. Oh my god, he's he's posing already. Somebody said. Uh, you know, Graham Thomas is is a, a celebrity style name. Uh, so, and he's already doing photo shoots. Look at that. What uh, <laughs> what's the 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 history behind Graham? Is it a family name or where did it come? Where did it Thomas come? is my dad's name. So we use the family name for the uh, middle name, and we actually had two names picked out. We actually did not know if it was going to be a boy or a girl, so we waited, and we were surprised, which was really cool. So we had two names picked out if it was a girl, two names picked out if it was a boy, and we were 90% sure we were going with the other name. And uh, he came out, and he was a monster, and we're like, he's not an Oliver. He's a Graham. He's and a so Graham. He, yeah, he's <laughs> like – and I mean – I think so far the best is all of the weird nicknames that Graham yeah. lends itself to. Like I've called him fly slam a grandma the other day, uh, Graham slam the Graham, a baby Graham piano. Like I was just, uh, you know, anything you can do with Graham, I was doing it. So I think it, it worked out nice. <laughs> You're going to have some fun with that one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it does. It's got a nice ring to it. Graham Thomas. That's yeah. Pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. All right. So let's, let's talk, let's jump right into this and talk NBA top shot. So sure. let's take a step back and define kind of what's going on for those that don't know anything about NBA top shot. And then we'll really start to dig deep into, to really what's happening here. But at a very high level, why don't you break down what NBA top shot is? Kind of okay. Five version. So the, so NBA top shot is essentially a, way to collect digital what they call moments that are wrapped up in uh, packs like you would open and a pack of cards. And each of these uh, packs has, you know, three to five moments in them and they are all built on digital scarcity. So you can each each moment has a um, serial number, too. So, you know, there's uh out of 25,000, out of 12,000, out of 7,500, out of 5,000, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, so there's a whole marketplace involved um, where you can buy and sell and trade your moments. Um, there's all kinds of sets you can do and challenges you can complete to earn different things. And so it's essentially a digital... In the sense that, you know, Panini did their blockchain with the digital cards, right? Yep. The difference here being these are video moments. So they're essentially NBA licensed uh, video clips of of different, uh, you know, highlights that, you know, any highlight you could find on YouTube, honestly. Yep. So um, and and they're 
built on, they built digital scarcity around them, which is uh, kind of, I think, what we'll talk about from the blockchain perspective and things yeah. like that. But that's really the the law, the very easy way to describe it. I tried to describe it to my buddy today and I just said, hey, it's like the, it's digital video moments in in card packs, right? And you just collect them and you can buy and sell them. And I think that's the, the buying and selling, I think is where the, uh, the big action is, Ty. <laughs> I think that's where uh, the, the real appeal is, right? For sure. Yeah. And I just popped up the site so we could, we could talk about it really quickly from kind of their perspective, right? This is nbatopshot.com. And this is where, you know, this is their main screen where you see kind of everything happening. They already have some pretty impressive sponsors. You know, Tyler Hero walks you through kind of the setup process as you're, as you're signing up. It's kind of fun. Um, you can see here, you know, where you're buying packs, where you're buying the marketplace or selling, buying and selling in the marketplace, the community, and then your own collection. Um, yeah, so, and, and they drop. So there's different types of packs, obviously. So there's the common packs that you see all there, the, the base set that's all sold out. Um, and then there's, you know, different uh, price ranges of packs. So, you know, just how in the hobby we would have, you know, some kind of, like say like a national treasures, which is more expensive. And then you'd have your hoops. Okay. This is kind of similar to that, right? Um, and, you know, the theory would be the the more expensive packs have rarer moments, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's, that's the idea there. And, um, have you, have you bought any packs yourself yet? I have. Yeah. So I grabbed one pack. Uh, I didn't get anybody right. Uh, it was, it was a terrible pack, three commons, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, just in terms of how hard it is to buy packs. You sure. just saw how they're all sold out. Um, but just to finish out your thought, like you, you saw the packs and then here's the marketplace where you can buy and sell these moments and you can see the numbered, how, you know, how rare they are common rare cards and the prices on some of these are they're gonna they're gonna blow your mind um mm -hmm. i mean shoot, right before the show right you got a you got a common devin booker that sold for what 350 375 bucks and i it's so crazy i opened the the cool cat pack that um i was able to reserve the other day and they you know you can reserve a spot to buy it they were trying something out i think with how they're going to be distributing so i was able to reserve a spot to buy the pack i bought the pack the next day and then it was delivered the following day and uh i opened the pack i i honestly didn't think i had much and uh next thing you know i I'm looking at this Devin Booker three point shot and it's uh it was like 3,200 out of 5,000. So I guess it was a little limited comparative to other things. And it's part of this cool cat collection pack or whatever. And, uh, the lowest bid or the lowest ask was like 395. I'm like, holy cow. So I put it up for sale at 375 because I kind of just wanted to see how fast it would move. And literally yeah. in three minutes, it was gone. In three minutes, it was gone. And I, I sent you a screenshot and I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> it was wild. Crazy, 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 crazy. That is, uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Some of these yeah. cards you're talking, I mean, 20 plus thousand. I think they have 10 cards that sold over $20,000 in the last two weeks. Oh yeah, for sure. It's so pretty, what's pretty wild. <laughs> craziness. Um, so again, for those that didn't catch everything you just said and kind of explain the process, the NBA cuts the highlight. Dapper Labs, which is essentially the facilitator of the blockchain, right? Correct. More mm -hmm. or less. Mm -hmm. They decide how many of that highlight are going to be sold and then the number them, right? And so they, they place scarcity on these highlights. 
they put these highlights then into those digital packs that you can buy. Um, and then you can go buy those packs anywhere from, it looks like $9 for the standard pack right now, all the way up to 300 bucks, I think in some of those cases. Mm-hmm. And so, then the, yeah, the, the, the thing with Dapper too, it, I mean, like you said, it's all, it's all built on the blockchain, right? Which is a little different than, um, you know, so that's what allows for that digital scarcity. We can kind of go into a little bit of the more technical side of that in a minute, but the Dapper, like you said, is the facilitator there. And they're the one that's minting these, uh, what they're called NFTs, which stands for non-fungible token. And that's essentially what this, all these moments are NFTs, which is non-fungible token, meaning you each, each moment is unique, right? So fungibility, if you're talking uh, $1 equals $1, you and I can trade that dollar back and forth. It has equal equal value, right? Not something that's non-fungible would be my house versus your house. They're different. They are not, they're both houses, but they're unique and they're not worth the same. They're, you know, and, and that's what makes these, uh, you know, that's what gives the scarcity to these, right? So there may be, um, you know, 25,000 of a certain moment, but you have each one with a a digital serial number that is trackable, traceable, all that kind of stuff. Got it. Okay. So that we'll dig, let's dig into blockchain here in a sec. Cause I think it's important for us to really understand what blockchain is again. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, this is probably traditional collectors listening to this thinking, what the heck are we doing? Yes. <laughs> but it's important to know this because I think there's a lot, there's a big shift in the sports car world to this kind of blockchain world. Panini tried it. We could argue how well it's been, how well it's worked. I could, uh, I could put some insight on that too when we get there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you open that pack, you get those cards, and, and right now you're getting three cards. Once you get that pack, you get those highlights that go into your kind of encrypted portfolio where you can showcase those or you can resell those in the marketplace. That's what's happening right now. Very mm-hmm. simple. Um, right now, if you sign up, it's, I mean, it's, it is a total cluster trying to figure out if the site's going to work today if you're going to be able to actually get access to packs, I think their idea is to try to release these packs probably daily. I don't know if they're going to get to that point. I don't know. I don't know if you know that. Um, I think that, so what, from what I've heard, the common packs are, they want to get to a point where anytime somebody can go buy a common pack is what I've heard. And then they're going to do more uh, scheduled rare release drops, I believe. Got so it. that's, that's the way I understand it from, um, from talking to people and, and see it being in the discord. Um, and I think that's, that's where they're trying to get. Uh, but obviously with all the hype right now, even they're, they're dropping 25,000 of these packs at a time and you can't get one. Yeah. <laughs> nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. You thought, uh, you thought trying to get you know retail product on Walmart and target site was bad. And, and to their credit, I think they're doing a pretty good job of kind of blocking out bots in this world right now. I think they're they're trying to scan and filter out bot accounts. So we'll see if that they can manage to maintain that. Because I think the, I think the limit's one per person, right? You can only purchase one at a time. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah. It started as they were trying to beef up the servers and do some tests, and then it was five per per person. And that's when I first like my most recent. What's crazy about this whole thing? Yeah, I actually had I actually had an NBA Top Shot account that I made in October. 
So I've known about this for quite some time and I didn't really do much with it. I played around, I bought it like one or two packs and then the thing blew up. So, um, and that, and then I was able to get, you know, five or six packs in the last couple weeks here and, and, but that's it. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Crazy. So I will show real quick what my portfolio looks like of my three packs, just so people get a feel for this. Uh, and you're going to be blown away with how good this account is. I have a Zubac, a Valentuenas, and a Draymond Green. You can see here, I have all three of these. I got them out of a $9 pack. They're all common cards. They tell you which you know, number they are out of that common print run. And then if I wanted to go look at my Draymond Green you know, moment, you can see the moment I own, right? And, and here, here's my username, and Tigers. And uh, you can sell it. You can own it. You can view your listing, whatever you want to do, add it to your showcase. That's what's it. your what's your username? Mu Tigers what? Seven seven. Seven seven. All right. So we friend each other in this thing. I don't even know how that, that works. I'm not All sure, time. but the but the um a little later too. If if you, I have a tool that people can use if you want that will actually help you give an idea of what your moments are worth a baseline. Ooh baseline of what your moments were, uh, are. So it's, it's actually, I don't think it's related to the project. I think it's something that somebody built, uh, to kind of help people value what they have. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. dig into that here in a little bit. That's a, that's a great, great takeaway. Okay. So we've set the stage, you own these highlights and just for clarification, these highlights that that Draymond green, you just saw, that's a highlight that I could go watch on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's NBA pull it off and you now own the rights to that specific, specific moment. It is, it's just a, it's just a moment that you can go watch any other place. Correct. Yes, uh, that that's totally correct. You could, I mean, so that's the, I think kind of the crux of this whole thing and where it's a, a paradigm shift almost from uh, you know, what, we it's funny because i consider myself like this hybrid collector because i love you know the sports card hobby i love my physical cards and then but i'm also very like into all of this digital assets and digital collectibles and like the nft art stuff and uh so it's a it's a really interesting paradigm shift and hybrid that like you know it takes a while to get there right but i mean i think Uh, And you tell me what you think of this. I think that there's signs like across the whole industry that are saying, hey, we're okay moving to some sort of digital uh, digital piece. Right. We're, you know, we're so used to the physical. But I mean, really, when you see these like let's let's take the Mickey Mantle for of uh, the five point two million dollar Mickey Mantle. right? Like that guy's after after he got it delivered to him it is now off somewhere in a vault, right? He, do- he doesn't have it anymore. Let's take Starstock, right? We got all of these uh, all of these people using Starstock now, but the majority of them are not buying cards and having them shipped back to them. The majority of them are not giving, even probably getting them graded. Uh, they kind of just sit there. And it's it's really what's driving it all is this, is this tradable value, right? And people are trading value. And, sh- and, and I think that's kind of why this has blown up so much and that's why it's okay yeah you could go watch that on on youtube but that's not the point right there's digital scarcity built into this and rarity and that's what people are trading because 
you know, when a Devin Booker three-pointer is worth $375, right? And somebody's willing to pay that, uh, that, that tells you right there that there's something different going on than just the highlight itself, right? Um, I'm not sure. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, look, t- to your point about the Mickey Mantle, right? I, I think some of the the pizzazz of owning, owning the mantle, yeah, you put it in your vault because you spend so much money on it and because it's so rare. But the fact that you can pull it out and know that this is one of, you know, X number of Mickey Mantle PSA 10s in existence, like, that's a pretty crazy thing. Yeah, you could see a picture of it, but to own it in your hand and hold it and to know it's not... For some people, not some pie in the sky kind of arbitrary scarcity. It's a real scarce item. They don't make this anymore. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that, and I get that. Like it's and it's totally it's totally true. There's a uh, if if I have the only one, that is valuable, right? But if if there's a marketplace where holding a or or owning a lower numbered one is also value, that's that's interesting too, right? Like you can see that people are trading this value and it, it's just, I mean, sports cards are, are the same way, right? They're, they're only valuable because people are willing to say that they're valuable and they hold value. And what makes some, what makes a sports card not valuable? Uh, it's, it's common, right? It's so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter if, uh, you know, if there was, Two million Mickey Mantles, they wouldn't be five point two million dollars, right? So, but if there was, that's why serial numbered cards are more valuable, right? This is is really just a serial numbered asset, like asset, and their their people are trading the serial number, and that's what's happening. And and I think you know when you talk about what are these highlights, and and uh, yeah, they're just ordinary highlights, but the people are trading this the the created scarcity of them and it it's kind of similar to what we do with sports cards and yeah you can hold it and and i get that like i get the tangible piece of it but when you talk about a pop report and that's that's part of what goes into your decision to to make a purchase i i think it's 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 very similar um and i i know it's hard to like you know make the, the leap right but but once you once it you know if you think of it that way it's kind of not really different, right? Like if you like, I'm going to go to like a, a blockchain and crypto analogy, right? Like gold is to Bitcoin as like physical trading cards are to these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens, right? Each trading card that we have in our collection is essentially its own NFT. It's not necessarily the same value as another one. I'm not going to trade you a 100 serial or an out of 99 serial numbered uh, Eloy Jimenez for a out of or for a common, right? They're not, they don't have the same value. And it, it's the, I, I get the tangible piece, like people want something tangible. But when you really think about why they these hold value in the first place, it's not necessarily the tangibility, it's the scarcity, right? And, and that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, that's my my outlook on it and why I'm so easily able to say, yeah, I can see value in these digital things. Right. Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's good context uh, because you, you have a lot of experience in in the crypto world and you kind of know the mindset that it requires to be successful. Um, the whole gold to Bitcoin analogy, I think is probably pretty close. And I think what 
what's going to be really hard. There's two things that I think be really hard for people to really get and wrap their minds around. One is just the lack of history, right? Cards go back a hundred plus years and you have that stability, you know, stability, um, the history built into the sports card market. And I think that's hard. You can't replace that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that's tough. And then second, I mean, kind of on the flip side, it's, this is just so new. And because of that, whether it's Bitcoin, Dodgecoin, or trading NFT cards, like yeah. it's a year, two, two years old in some cases. And the volatility, like you see with Bitcoin volatility, you've seen move $6,000 today. Mm-hmm. For sure. That with gold, because it's just there's people don't know how to really they don't get they can't figure it out. So there's so mm-hmm. much in volatility. I think you're going to see the same thing here. It's going to be incredibly volatile. Yeah, 100. percent And that's going to be with any of these new assets, new marketplaces. You've seen the same volatility in star stock cards, right? Like yeah. you and and that's I mean it's very simple. I I like the analogy to star stock because. It's also something most people are not touching with their hands, right? Like I'm never gonna go take my star stock cards and bring them out of the vault, most likely. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, so that makes sense to me that comparison, right? Um, but and and it is gonna be volatile. And you know, the the thing is, is it gonna be Top Shot in the future? Top Shot might just be the first introduction of something like this and they they have a really good head start but um you know is it going to be them in the future who knows but the idea i don't think is going away yeah well so let's give a little let's give a little context in terms of kind of where money's flowing into it so they uh top shot has been around since june of last year um correct yes um they they had let me let me pull the actual numbers here so we can we can actually talk with real sales. So up through December, the end of December, they had a total of seven million dollars in sales. In January of this year, they've already had fifteen million dollars of sales. They're they're at just over a million dollars in sales. Seventy percent through the secondary marketplace, thirty percent through the pack. So they've had an explosion the last three weeks, four weeks. In that comparison, crazy to me, actually, the 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 secondary market versus packs, I think, is so intriguing, right? Because if you're thinking about, okay, what, what we just said was, hey, it's hard to get a pack, right? But then yeah. those people that are getting packs are putting it on the secondary market, and somebody's buying them, and they're buying them and reselling them, right? So it's it's not just all this frenzy to get a pack. It's that the, the mar- secondary market is doing a lot of volume, right? Yeah. And I mean, you can make the exact same case with sports cards right now, right? Anyone yeah. that goes and grabs it at a retail level or a distributor level, like it's, you're printing money at that point. Cause there's right. so many people that want to buy on the secondary market. Um, so you're looking at, they're probably going to get around 30 million in sales this month, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, if you figure out about a million bucks in sales a day in comparison on eBay, the last 12 months, $600 million in PSA sales in the sports card category. 250 million in BGS sales. You're looking at about 850 million, which factors or breaks down about $3 million a day in graded card sales. So not that far off, honestly. I was just uh, going to yeah. say, if you do 30 million times 12, you get 360 million. And that's right. like, you know, that's if it doesn't grow anymore or if the hype at least just stays the same, right? Or the right. interest stays the same. The other thing too is, and, and I, I, 
do want to make this point because I, it's a, you know, we're talking about this from a person who collects sports card angle, but being in both worlds, there's a lot of people that aren't sports card collectors that are in this a lot, right? Like you have the whole crypto crowd in the craze yeah. over this stuff. And so you're, you're not just appealing to the like top shot is not just appealing to card collectors. In fact, I think there's probably less card collectors in <laughs> top shot than there are uh, of these other people that are more in the, nft space like they, yeah. you, the digital art and nft space is such a huge thing right like and are you familiar with um crypto kitties do you know what crypto kitties are yeah so dapper labs started yeah. crypto kitties right exactly and okay. just and and crypto kitties are essentially they're just collect they're almost like um i would say almost like a pokemon right but it's you know each of these kitties has its own features and games or whatever and it's done over 40 million in sales and the largest sale of a crypto kitty was $144,000. Right. So like this isn't something that where you say, you know, there's no history to it. It's not necessarily true. Right. Like the NFT space has a history. It's new, but it's got a history. Right. So it just may not be digital sports cards, but there there's a history here. I'm going to stop you there. So, are you trying to tell me the history of Top Shot can be tracked back through Crypto Kitties? Is that 100%. what we're going to stand on? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, look. Look at I these mean, guys. You're going to stand on this. Well, look. Hey, the the uh, look up look up while you're sitting there. Crypto Kitties of hundred thousand dollar auction, right? Like the, these things went for a hundred and forty thousand dollars that somebody paid at auc- at auction for. Right. So like, you know, my only point I'm trying to make is that NFT, the NFT space is huge. And so when you're thinking about what's the app, what's the the uh, what's the potential market for it? It's more than just us who are collecting sports cards. Right. And uh, I think that's that's the thing that's kind of mind blowing is all these people are, you know, Whereas, okay, I did a uh, I did a poll in my break room today coming on the yeah. show because I wanted to I wanted to make this point, and I just said uh, NBA Top Shot, hell yes, hell no, or what? And not anybody, nobody in my break room knew what it was. Not a single person, right? So, like, I'm not sure that it's the card collectors. And I will say, you know, when we talk to maybe some people later or on the show about strategies. I think a card collector could have a really big edge over somebody that's in here just for, you know, the NFT space, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I I don't disagree. I mean, I think <laughs> we absolutely have an edge, right? There's, it's a no brainer. Just yeah. understanding it, period. I think gives you a massive edge right now. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about pros and cons kind of with NBA top shot. I'd love to get your perspective. Like I, I've, we can toss out lots of pros, right? You just mentioned one basically with just a whole new market that you're tapping into kind of that parallel is now you can get into international markets a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's, it's instantaneous, right? You open up the, basically the payment processing for international buyers and it's done. They have it. Um, instant gratification. I mean, what other pros do you see to this versus maybe sports cards? Well, I think, uh, you know, it kind of the instant gratification is a thing, right? And then, so, you know, 
I don't want to make this connection, but like, you know, there's a lot of times where you want to, you buy something because the market is hot and you flip it. Right. And so that instant gratification is a, is a big deal. Um, you know, and then, uh, I've talked about this on this show before, right? Like what is the benefit of blockchain to begin with, right? And it's authenticity, right? You can track authenticity. Uh, you know exactly, uh, it's it's mid- mathematically impossible to fr- to be fraudulent with these, right? It, it is what it is. It's math, it's got a receipt. There's, uh, we've already talked about the scarcity, right? So you can create the scarcity of it. The, the other thing I think is awesome is the transparency of what the blockchain does for it, right? You can see exactly how many, uh, you can see what they're worth, all the sales history of every single one. Uh, you can get an idea of how difficult they are to, you know, acquire or pull, right? And you can think of, and then who, how many are being made and when, right? Like you can't change the mint, right? So um, I think the transparency is huge. And then, like you said, uh kind of liquidity as well like if there's mm-hmm. all these users liquidity is is huge where you can buy something and be confident that you can sell that thing back to a market right um so i, I think all of those are are big benefits of uh you know what this could possibly be yeah no th- those are good those are really good and then when we flip it and we think of some of the cons i mean what kind of worries you when you think about the sustainability of something like blockchain? Like I, I think about, I mean, everyone's going to keep going back to this, but just the fact that the highlight already exists. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, again, I'm going to go, I, I think that's kind of irrelevant, right? Because you're not trading. It, it's the same thing when you talk about like NFT art, right? Which is a thing and it's got a huge market. But the, the, the thing that everybody always says is, well, you can just screenshot that. Can I just screenshot that? Yeah, you could. And if that's what you're into, if that's why you're into it, you absolutely could. But you will never be able to participate in that marketplace, right? And when people see that there's a marketplace around it and that you can post a Devin Booker uh, three-pointer and it can give <laughs> make you $300 in five minutes, uh, that, you know, it doesn't matter that it exists somewhere else to watch. You own, you own the serial numbered piece of what people are trying to acquire, right? So, um, and again, I, I think it's kind of, you know, hey, can I just take a picture or can I just print out the the picture of a first Bowman, you know, Adley Ruckman card? Yeah, you could. And so, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of, I get it. I think it's kind of an irrelevant question though. You know, it's why do you, like, why are you collecting the thing that you're collecting? Is it, is it, and you got to ask yourself that before you play in a place like this, because it it's probably not for everybody and don't go chase it just because you see the hype and craze of this market, right? You just have to ask yourself why you're participating in what you're doing to begin with, right? Is it, I want to hold something in my hand. I want to show it off, but you could do that with this. Like I have, I have, this is not a joke. I have a one of one Michael Jordan NFT art piece that was created by Matt Scherzer, who is an MLB baseball player. And I own that. And it's a, it's a digital Michael Jordan interactive piece and I can display it on my digital, uh, my digital picture frame in my house. And, but so like I own that art. Right. And it's the same, same thing. Could I just screenshot that and put it in my house? Yeah. But 
someday I'll be able to sell that back if I want to, right? And you can have a collection just like that. So, you know, it's definitely, I, I get it. It's hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and to that point, right? Uh, I, I bought these packs. I bought one pack and I yeah. think many people have bought these packs. I'm definitely not sitting there watching my highlights. Right. That's I, exactly, I, I, that's exactly I, the point. <laughs> but with my cards, I do sit there and I look at them. I drool over them. <laughs> I put them in bed. I'm, I'm totally kidding. You sleep no. with them under your pillow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's slabs, of course. No, but yeah, you're right. I mean, people, it's, it's very similar to what's happening with GameStop. And all yeah. the craziness around that, right? No one cares about the fundamentals. The fact that GameStop, You're right? It's GameStop <laughs> was a awful company. They were losing. Yeah. They were not. They were not fundamentally They're a relevant right? company. Almost, they're almost an obsolete business model. <laughs> Essentially, AMC, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're they were they were raising money to avoid bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter. People, they saw an opportunity. They jump on it. You could argue blindly, right? And oh, sure, they they're 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 making their money and. Sure. The, the crowds behind it. I think right now we're seeing the, the crowd is building. It's behind NBA Top Shot. We saw the same thing with Project 2020 a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, in your opinion, what is, is, is there a difference? Like, what is the difference between this and Project 2020, right? Like, because you the hype around it is feels similar, but I don't think they're similar things. Yeah, I don't think they're similar in the sense that I think it's a different market. I don't think you're you were appealing to the co like collectors. Mm -hmm. Here, I think it's. I, I mean, if they ran a poll, I would guess it's probably less than half of like NBA card collectors are are what's driving the prices. On top. I, I, I'm telling you, I, like that's what it's I mean. Different, like different money. There's a lot of money flowing in that crypto space right now. Right. Yeah. So I think that's probably what's different. But I think the number one, I think the number one buyer and seller that I saw um, for the whole platform is a crypto NFT artist. Like he's not a card collector. <laughs> he's just he's a he's a crypto artist and gets the idea. Right. Or and he got in way early. So I'm sure he's got moments that, you know, <laughs> no one will ever afford at this point. Um, but, you know, and. It's, but that's, I think the difference between something like Project 2020 is the scarcity, right? Like the Project 2020 was print on demand. So yeah. you, you, you ruined, you, you basically junk waxed Project 2020, right? Like that's what we did. We, there was 2000 in the beginning and people saw value in it. And that's why the prices went up. And because there was only two 2400 Ermsey trouts and then, it's funny. I think that was the first time I was on your show was we were talking partially <laughs> about 2020 and I sold, uh, the Roberto, um, Clemente. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but th they, people caught on and instead of there being a scarcity around it where to help keep the prices there, it was, Oh, there's going to be a hundred thousand Keith Shore Griffies. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you right now, I used, five of them as coasters in my house. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so let, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the, the similarities. I mean, Panini tried this. They're trying it. They're still doing it with their blockchain. I don't think it's worked. I don't think it's even relevant now. Why, why is that? And why would NBA top shot not go down that same path? So this is a, I think a little bit having to do with my point earlier that it's not, 
all collectors at this point that are in playing in it, right? Um, one, I also don't think Panini's blockchain is actually a true blockchain. Like it just seems like it's a digital card in their database, right? Um, so from a, it's not going to draw the crypto blockchain people, right? Uh, the other thing too. So I own a couple of these, and I, I just. Uh, I own a couple of Panini blockchain cards and I bought a Joe Burrow. Um, I think it's an impeccable four out of 10, right? Auto. Mm-hmm. And then I bought a national treasures, RJ Barrett auto. And so I just wanted to mess around with it and see kind of what it was. And you, you know, there's an auction house and the, the problem is there's just no traffic on it. Uh, however, I do see it picking up a little. I put the uh, RJ Barrett out in the public gallery yesterday, and right now I have a hundred and twenty dollar offer on it. So somebody, I can accept that offer for hundred twenty bucks, right? Um, so, which wasn't the case around Christmas time when I bought it to do the experiment. Yep. I, I they just sat there. So, you know, I wonder if this trickles down a little bit. And I do think, you know, when Panini first launched it. All they did was it was a digital marketing kind of thing, right? They they put it out and you could do the Dutch auctions for them. Um, I think what's maybe driving a little more interest now is that they're actually putting these as redemptions in some products, right? Yeah. So, you know, impeccable, they were out and uh, they're, they're selling. Um, but what's happening is they're selling on eBay in the redemption form. And I'm not sure they're getting as much secondary action on Panini's website. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. I, I ran some numbers just because you you can sell your blockchain cards through uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, right now on eBay, there's 245 Panini blockchain auctions listed. And in the last 12 months, 3,500 have sold. That's trending down, believe it or not. Only $410,000 in actual sales, $115 of the average price. Interesting, okay. So just again, context is super helpful in all this and that there was a lot of hype going into it. Your point about it not being maybe a, an actual blockchain is probably important to dig into. Well, I think, and then I think that kind of, like I said, goes to show that it may not be right now the sports card collector that's into, yep. into a top, something like a top shot versus a Panini blockchain, right? Yep. Well, uh, I want to dig into the blockchain stuff here in a bit, but I thought it'd be fun to have a couple folks from our Discord community that we mentioned earlier. Two guys that have been killing it, at least I think. <laughs> I, I, mean, like, I mean, they're providing great strategies. People are gravitating towards Corey and Miles and kind of what they're doing. I thought, you know, let's have them on for a few minutes and talk about some of their strategies with with NBA Top Shot. You cool with that? Yeah. All right. Let me let me let me wrap them in here. There's Corey. All right. There's Miles. Gentlemen, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being. You guys were literally like an hour ago. I texted you guys. So thanks for being available to do this. Yeah. Corey, are you a fan? What's going on here? Yeah. I grew up in uh, East Central Illinois. So uh, okay. Cubs Cardinals, Cubs Cardinals country. So you, you uh, aired on the side of the Cubs. Yeah, a lot of pain for a lot of years. So. <laughs> uh, Miles, where are you located, man? Uh, Seattle. So You're in, okay. A lot of pain for us as well. <laughs> uh, hey, hey you know, there's there's actually I think packs for sale right now on the site. 
They just dropped some. There you go, Ty. Uh, so they just Wait, should we all try to grab some real quick? Uh, I'm trying right now on my phone. Let's see what happens. You guys, you're something. Uh, I'll the definitely be refreshing. <laughs> so, so what I wanted to do, guys, is I'd love just for we, – we spent the last half hour kind of helping people understand what NBA Top Shot is. We went through the site, talked about the history. I'd love to know for from your guys' perspective what's working – so maybe just answer the question of like, what, what are you guys doing that's working right now? And then over the next few weeks, what do you think is probably the best strategy for playing the NBA top shot market? So maybe Corey, if you don't mind, kind of tell us what, what's been working for you the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, just to preface it, I don't have a lot in there. So I, I did get lucky a few nights ago. They did a drop at 2 a.m. Central time. Um, and I just happened to be up cause I have a two year old. That's, that's um, but, how I got packs that night. I was, yes. I was up with the newborn. <laughs> so I did get about 20 packs of release seven, eight, and nine. They were doing all of them kind of at the same time. Um, so I think if you can buy packs, that's a great way to get in if you can get them. Um, if not, it's kind of like the singles market. I've been focusing on kind of the lower end, uh, especially people that I think were undervalued and one of the strategies that I thought about even just two days ago was there isn't a big checklist yet. So I've been looking at the base uh, checklist. So I went back to series one, compiled the list of players that were in there. And I was like, okay, out of series two, who was not in series one? And so technically their first moment. Um, and so I did that two days ago and identified a pretty good checklist of 27 players um, who had a, a moment that was considered CC, which is continuing count versus an LE, which is limited edition. And I was like, okay, these are the players I want to go after because I think they're going to be the next players that go get converted into a limited edition where basically means they, they lock in the, the mint uh, run, which is the denominator of the moment. Um, and so they won't mint anymore, but they still might have some held back that can still be released in, in pack drops. Um, so I identified those. One of the big ones was Keldon Johnson, who did not have a moment in Series 1, but he had he had only one moment in Series 2. So I ended up selling one of my the Cool Cat moments that I actually did get in the uh, packs that they, they gave out to people who had difficulty uh, purchasing one. And so I flipped that into uh, a very low number, serial number, uh, Keldon Johnson. And then I sold a LeBron three-point moment, which is still continuing count, and a Luka as well. So I have three Keldons underneath 100 serial number now. I also bought a ton of them that were just the lowest bid. Mm -hmm. um, so I was buying, you know, five, six, seven, eight copies of ones that were selling for anywhere from six to $8 a piece. Um, and those have already doubled, tripled in value since they changed to limited edition. Um, and, and what you'll see now, there's still issues with the marketplace where they have false listings. So yep. for Keldon and specifically, there's there's a listing saying that it's $8. So you'll still see people list uh, a moment for $7, $6 because they think that they need to beat that lowest bid. Mm. Um, so that, that is one issue with the marketplace that Topshot needs to fix. Um, but it's an opportunity that you can potentially snipe some some cheap moments that you can immediately flip for you know a decent a decent profit 
And it's, it's all about microtransactions to me. Like it's volume game here. There is a lot of volume happening on Top Shot if you look at the transactions. So you don't need to, to do the one, 200, 300, 400, $500 or $1,000 moments. You can, you can make a pretty good turnaround on, on some of these low, low value cards or moments. That's, that's really helpful. So did you, when you went and figured out the cards that were not in that series one and series two, um, did you publish that out or did you share that in discord? And, and I held it back for a little bit, but then I, it, yeah, I, I did identify some of them. The ones that, that I wasn't really targeting. I did yeah. identify some of those. Um, but I did until I committed to selling the cool cats and the LeBron and, and some of the higher dollar ones that allowed me to buy the really high or low serial numbers. I, I didn't say I was going after uh, Keldon, um, but I saw on Twitter, I saw another person actually had the same idea yesterday, um, watch the breaks. Uh, I don't, he's a pretty popular Twitter account, but he was going after oh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Clark for the same reason. So um, I saw Ivan doing that today. Ivan's trying to buy yeah. up stuff. So yeah, yeah. What I think is is interesting about that is the same person that you're talking about is uh, uh, right before he got I came on to do this. He tweeted that he was buying cool cat moments. He was he would match he would match the lowest bid and he'd pay you in PayPal. Right. So part of the reason you know that's attractive. You can't right now. You can't cash out uh, because you, they've got to do KYC, AML, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, that's a quick, realized, actual real-life profit that somebody is offering, So, um, which, which I think is interesting. Well, he also did a, an auction on eBay for his Zion moment that he purchased a week and a half ago for $200, and then he flipped it for $1,300 or something like that. Wow. So, Crazy. On Crazy. eBay, so he got instant payment. Um, interesting. Okay. Miles, I'm going to loop you in here. So I'd love to know kind of your perspective on things. You've been, you've been given some really good advice on discord, just helping people out. What's kind of your perspective on things right now? What's your kind of your core strategy when approaching NBA top shot? Um, I, I agree with a lot of what Corey said, you know, you can focus on those lower price guys right now in, in uh, series two and find a lot of value. Um, I've been, I'm focused on stars a lot more than kind of the lesser known guys, which a lot of those were the ones that went limited edition with their first moments. So Kelvin Johnson was probably the best one of the bunch. Yeah. Um, John Wall was also, but people already were have been picking him up from the start. Gordon Hayward. Um, but yeah, I think I think focusing on value of just players and how they're performing, I think is going to be be big going forward. Um, the serial number game is gonna just continue to to matter more and more as the the counts get higher. You know, if you can get a, a three digit as opposed to a four digit, it's it's gonna matter. It's gonna, it, the market has shown that. So, so that's been my strategy is just find guys that are undervalued and get as low of a serial number as I can to to try to double up. Interesting. By the way, there's my latest update. I'm I've been circling this processing payment for the last five minutes. That's that's same, me too. Same one here. Don't worry. And if it fails, just hit refresh. Do not back out. You guys are ahead of me. I'm I'm still loading purchase. <laughs> but uh, that that was another thing that when I first started, I and I think that from a, a card collector standpoint, um, 
may be hard to grasp yeah. is is what Miles just said is the the front serial number matters, right? So, you know, the lowest if it's the one of twelve thousand. Whereas we're kind of ingrained the opposite way as collectors, where we're like, oh, there's twelve thousand of these moments, it's worthless, right? Whereas it's the opposite with this, you know, the number one moment or the jersey number moment, they're bringing in crazy amounts of money, even though there's still twelve thousand of these identical moments. I, I think that's a good point, and I. That's why I think this is still more crypto than it is sports cards. Um, and there are some fascinating things from a consumer behavior aspect that I'm still trying to grasp. I don't know if I'll ever get it, but it's not just the bookends that are important or the jersey number. It, it's a it's a lot of uh, psychology, psych, like consumer psychology stuff. So numbers that repeat, um, lucky numbers, like if the jersey number is in the number, but it's not the exact thing. So like Luca is a great example, 77 jersey number. You might not pull, because a lot of these guys, the jersey number is such a high serial number, you might not be able to afford it. Mm. Even 77 is fairly high, but if he's got his current moments of 15,000 uh, mint run currently, if you pulled 7777, that's a double Luca jersey number, that might sell for 10x what everything else around it's selling for. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, any guys success on the packs? I am refreshing Dapper because it says purchases and available at this moment. <laughs> okay. I got That's the same thing. That's what just happened. Like I'm normal now. <laughs> but that night I got 20 packs, this would happen continually. And then eventually it would end up going through. So that it, it's so, um, you know, they're still working on this marketplace and they're doing obviously these stress tests and all this, but it's, it's so frustrating when you're watching this and it's like 25,000 packs and yours is refreshing and then it stops and it's can't do it. And then it's like, all right, 13,000 packs. And you're like, there's 13,000. I'm going to get one of these. And, uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're, they're all gone, <laughs> but I, it'll I like bounce it. back up too. It'll go down to sold yes. out and then, you know, they'll, they'll put another couple well, thousand in there. I think that's important. I think that's one of the anti-bot technologies that they're trying to implement where they're trying to limit the stock count and let it go out of stock to kind of prevent people from doing multiple purchases at the same time. I think I still believe that while they're making commission on all these transactions, that the real value of this site is going to be the technology they develop. So the patents mm -hmm. and the and, and the IP that they can develop around how to make these kinds of transactions in this marketplace. Um, to be able to license that out or to sell it to someone else, I think is worth way more than the, the percentages they're scalping off of these transactions. Yeah, that, that's a good point. When you think about where it can go, and I think one of you might've mentioned this in the Discord was just being able to personalize things like have an NBA player kind of intro his clip on very limited print runs and things that really make that limited print run stuff really unique, I think takes it to the next level. But what are you kind of fixated on when you think of like, I, I hope they start to go this direction because it adds more value. Is there anything that stands out to you other than adding new sports, adding new sports is an obvious. I think that they have to add more challenges to, to, engage people especially on the lower end players than the not superstars like why do i want to collect uh ish smith or you know like you know there's there's a lot of moments that i probably wouldn't hold on to except for the fact that one they're either series one or series two which 
you know, a year or two from now might be worth something just alone. But from a collectability standpoint, they have to build more into that. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a huge piece because it's, especially if you're going to have mints of 25,000 for a, you know, a certain moment. Um, I think it, there has to be more gamification to it. Um, and, and I think that piece will help bring a collector versus a crypto person. Right. Um, I think that's the piece that, makes sense to you know card collector brain is oh i want to complete sets or like i want to make uh, do these challenges it's basically like completing a set right um that that makes sense to uh you know most card collectors so i think in order to bring that in you have to do something like that i i think the complete set thing i think the serial numbers will matter a lot for that i think there's going to be collectors that want a sub 100 complete set sub 1000 just different tiers i think that's going to come into play that's interesting after after the series is over you know you could have a complete set or you could have you know a sub 10,000 you know whatever level there's going to be different collectors aiming for that that's a good point i think actually top shot released this on their discord today they said something along the lines of they're working on a reward system for people that do complete the sets which would be pretty cool well i if you didn't see the Cool Cats announcement too, they did announce further challenges for that, which is helping prop up those prices. So I was hoping those would drop a little bit. Yeah, and if they keep uh, including five, you know, five base random base cards that you have to have as well, right. you know, it makes it worth holding on to at least a couple of each base. Yeah, that's good. All right, well. Uh, quick update. I'm still uh, trying to load this initial purchase, so I don't have yeah, a pack. Same. I don't have one yeah. either. It's no, pretty no crazy. Miles, you probably got like 10 packs, don't you? No, no pack. I'm just refreshing <laughs> over and over. This is uh, this is real live struggle. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it is, uh, it's what we do every day as card collectors though, on tops and panini. And it's, it's, we're used to the struggle there, right. Or walking into a Walmart so, or <laughs> this is a lot better than driving around for three hours. Yeah, correct. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's true. And we get to talk and have fun while we're doing it. Okay. So we get, we get a bunch of new people that are really interested in jumping into top shot Give kind of your word of advice for those heading into Top Shot right now. What should they be focused on, especially when they can't get packs, right? Right. What would be your word of advice to them? I would still say risk management is key. Um, don't don't overspend. Make sure that you're within your means. Um, and if you get the opportunity to be playing with house money, 100% play with house money. Don't, don't be putting credit card debt on here and, you know, trying to, to hit a home run or a lotto ticket. Like, I mean, I've opened almost 30 packs and my lowest serial number is 44. And I think I've only pulled two serial numbers under a hundred myself. So it, it, it's still a lotto game. It's still, it's, it's like opening wax. Um, hmm. But I, I would say just, you know, stay within your means, risk management and have fun with it. Cause Nobody really knows where this is going. Yes. I think that's a huge piece. And I would say since there's more and more um, difficulty in getting packs, uh, really, really spend some time understanding 
how the marketplace works, right? Like, you know, like we just said, the serial numbers matter. And that's something that, you know, you might not understand at first, but take some time, do research. I think, you know, uh, the Breaker Culture Discord has been an awesome uh, piece of, of talk to people that are using it and network and figure it out, right? Because the the last thing, you, like people can and will get burned on, on some of this stuff and that's how it happens all the time, right? So I think that's a, a huge uh, piece of advice too. Miles, what about you? Anything you would recommend for new newbies? Yeah, I would definitely say just try to study up before you make make that purchase. If you can get a pack, then that's a good way to start, but it is going to be hard. Um, I will say after pack drops is probably the best time to start looking at the marketplace to try to snag people just throwing stuff up. Because a lot of these people, they don't they don't know the NBA. They're just buying it. FOMO, just, they get a pack. They'll just throw all three up for what they think is the low price, especially with that pricing glitch, you can have a chance to snake some stuff for, for good value. That That's a great piece of advice. When So when you put something for sale, it's available for sale at that moment. If I go click buy, it's not like they have to accept it. It's a buy and it's in your portfolio. Is that correct? correct? You, yeah, you set the price. So it's essentially like an eBay buy it now. Got it. Got so it. Yeah, I think that... That moment I sold right before the show, I was probably on, I honestly, I guess I undervalued it. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I was talking to Corey or I mentioned it before or somebody did the, it was the Devin Booker three-pointer cool cats. And I, yeah. I sold in two minutes. So I guess I sold it too low. <laughs> well, the other factor about the serial numbers is there, the marketplace defaults to lowest price, lowest serial. So oh. if you have a lower serial, if you just match that low price, you're going to be in that buy box. Whoever hits buy, it's going to be your card. I, I think that's a, that's a fantastic point, especially on the lower end cards when you're targeting the low prices is sometimes it's worth it to spend one extra dollar and not get the lowest offer, but go one extra higher. Maybe you'll, you'll skip like three or 4,000 serial numbers ahead because then when the prices do start to increment, and you do get that two, three X return. Now, when I list mine, I'm 3000 serial numbers ahead of everyone else. And so my order is gonna process faster. You guys, geniuses, <laughs> geniuses. Uh, maybe maybe opportunists. Yeah, there you <laughs> I go. No, I don't hey. know if I would uh, classify myself as a genius. These two are much smarter than I am. <laughs> hey, uh, any, any packs? No. Nope. <laughs> I, I got the I got the error like two or three times that I had to go back and then it says that you have to complete your existing purchase and it asks you if you want to continue your existing purchase or cancel it altogether. Uh, I've decided to try to continue, but that doesn't seem like it's worked. Well, I will say from experience that if you get an error on Dapper, do not leave Dapper. Just hit F5 and refresh. Smart. Cause then it takes you back all the way out that I made that mistake a bunch of times. The first you, you basically get back in the back of the line. If you right. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. how I got my cool cats on one of the drops. It, it just showed up 20, 30 minutes later. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I'm just going to keep refreshing dapper. Okay. So let's talk about resources outside of NBA top shot. Uh, we mentioned the discord channel. There's plenty of those breaking culture is a great one. What, uh, what are the resources do you guys use? Joe, I know you have a site. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm sure these guys know about it as well. It's the intangible dot market. Um, it's a little glitchy uh, and it, it's not the most up to date. It's obviously, it's something that somebody put together to, as a tool to help. Um, but uh, it, it can help if you enter your, your username in it, it will tell you kind of what your minimum. Uh, so yeah, if you put your, your user, uh, do account valuation there, Ty. Okay. And then you put your username in here and it'll tell you kind of what your baseline for your three moments is. Oh, there you go. It's so bad. They don't even have it. Uh, so, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the word on the street is it keeps going in and out. So uh, I'm not surprised, but if you can get it to work, it was kind of cool. Honestly, um, you know, at the first time I was grabbing packs, it, it worked really nicely for me. It's how I knew that that Devin Booker was worth anything at all. Um, so uh, that was a good tool for me. Got it. What about you guys? Any other tools you guys are using or is it just do the work? Um, that one I've used, but again, it, the data just refreshes so infrequently that it's kind of become useless at this point for me. Um, so I just uh, use the marketplace and, and someone on one of the other discords built a tool that sorts the, the listings. So it makes it a lot easier to find kind of the opportunities. Okay. Um, there, there's Crypto Slam as well, um, where you can look at the mints um, and also kind of recent sales. Um, and then other than that, just the, the checklists that are, when you go to a pack on on um, Top Shot, you can, when they, they have in the, a link, you can look at the checklist. So you can see who's available in, the, in that release um, and what serial numbers are possible. Um, and so before they went LE on all these 27 guys the other night, um, the series to release 10 packs really weren't as exciting as the previous releases because the, the KD LE and the uh, Trey and some of the other series two limited edition, like 7,500s weren't in these packs. Um, oh. So now that all these other ones have now become limited edition at 12,000, the values come back and so there, there's a lot of cards you can hit and immediately sell for you know three four times what you paid for the pack so where, where can you see the checklist on packs if you go into one of these so open up the yeah the pack page so just click on any one of them yep. and then scroll down under pack details there is a check complete oh, list yeah right here and so it'll bring up a google doc um oh now for identifying single release lists, I, I do this. If you wanted to look at the entire list for series two, then you go to the marketplace and use the filter. Um, and and what, what I did was <clears throat> opened up the page source um, and there is one line in the HTML that kind of has a complete list of the players and you can parse it out and, and get, the, get the player list that way. Nice. <laughs> Unreal. I wish I was. I wish I was smart enough to code all this stuff into a add-in like some other people, but um, I'm just old school. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Miles, any other resources you're using? Or are, are you? Um, yeah, the, the Crypto Slam for sure. You can you can find your your sales on there. Then you can see you know if someone bought something from you, you can see what else they're buying. I did that oh. this morning with the people that were picking up the the new LEs. Mm -hmm. um, they, I was, I think a lot of the, a lot of the buying for that kind of stuff is just people in discord. They see someone 
throw out a name and they just go buy it because so i think i think having knowledge is gonna of the nba is gonna be huge because there's a lot of people that are just jumping in crypto people or or just whoever that they don't quite quite yeah. get the the nba aspect of it so and not so just from that aspect but the collecting the sports card community still hasn't bought in on this like if you go on twitter there's so many people just that don't believe in this and that slam it all the time so if that ever flips if they ever go oh i need to to get in on that like you having the knowledge now and collecting some of the players that they'll want when they come on board i mean i think that's going to have big value well, it'll be interesting because, I mean, there's only limited supply of money. Um, well, you could argue these days there's really not a limited supply, right? Much being printed. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, from a collector's perspective, right? If, if I have, if I want to go NBA Top Shot, spend some money there, I'm probably not going to put money into money over here. So it, there's going to be a give and take. It'll be, I think you already saw some of the pullback in Star Stock and the NBA market recently. Yeah. I do wonder if it's a combination of a little bit of just it's at the peak, and people are a little nervous and people are saying, Hey, I can go over here to NBA top shot. It ramped up the last three weeks. I'll go spend money there. Well, not I don't think, I mean, if you, if you go like, what do you want? A $9 pack that you can sell a Devin Booker for uh, 375 bucks, or you want a $1,200 box of Donruss? Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? It, you, when you talk about potential ROI, I think the, uh, you know, that's pretty clear. And um, so if you're in it for that, that's, that's value, right? And I don't think the star stock thing is a coincidence for two reasons. I, I think it's early adopters on both. Um, yeah. And I, I think that the star stock has kind of hit a, a bit of a hurdle here with their being able to ingest uh, new submissions. So mm -hmm. I think that's hurting them a little bit. I'm still waiting for my first sub for, I don't know, a month or so ago. So I, I, I'll top shot in the meantime. Yeah, I have, I have one not even shipped off. It's all sleeved and just sitting. Isn't that the I, worst part, though, sleeving them? That's the, like, I'm actually apprehensive to send now because I'm hearing about all these subs that are getting huge uh, B ratings. Yeah, I heard of uh, same. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. I'll, I need to have Scott back on the show to talk about what the process is for, for figuring out A's and B's and even C's. So Ty, what's the, what, uh, where did you land on this after all of this? Where, you know, have we, have we swayed you? What do you, what do you think? Are you going to go buy some more packs? What's, what's the deal? Hey man, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm sitting here and refresh trying to buy packs uh, <laughs> and who knows, maybe I'll be the one guy that gets a pack. Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things where like, like you said, Corey and miles, you've said it too. If you're, if you're smart, if you manage your money wisely, it's kind of one of those like no brainer. Why not? Why would you not participate in this uh, and find a way to kind of learn the game? This is not going to be, this, this, this is going to be a trend that we're going to see influence so many things. So I think you spend the time to learn blockchain, learn crypto, learn all these things now because it's going to affect your ability to make money. Wait till you start seeing uh, top shot breaks. It's gonna happen, for sure. I think they have. They yeah, they have done them. I think Top Shot themselves has managed some early on. So yeah, it's it's coming for sure. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, Corey, Miles, thank you guys for being available. Um, you guys don't have YouTube channels yet, right? Where can we, where can they find you outside of the Discord? 
Uh, I'm on Twitter, Trade Up Cards. Okay. Um, yeah. Just the Discord for me. Miles, hanging, laying low in the I'm dark. Lur- I'm the lurker, but no, I got This uh, I'm having too much fun. I gotta, I gotta come out and. Yeah, I should clarify. It's actually at Cards Trade Up because the there's an existing account that doesn't use it that has the one I wanted. So. <laughs> that guy just got a million followers thanks to that. Yeah. He has like nine, so he could use them. You know. I need the breaker culture follower pump. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all 4,000 of us. Uh, I'll, I'll put the links to your Twitter in the show notes. But uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate you popping on. Thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks. See you, Corey. Uh, all right. So let's let's wrap this up here, Joe. What I, do you think? That was hey helpful. man, that, that was exciting conversation, right? Because you got, I mean, those guys are deep into the strategy of it, right? So, um, you know, for me, it's okay. I get the concept. I'm into it. I want to be involved. And, uh, but I think the hardest thing, if you're not getting packs is how do you navigate this marketplace? How do you educate yourself on this marketplace? And those guys um, you know, have taken a couple steps that they've given people listening, uh, to do that. Right. Because yep. otherwise you, otherwise you could get burned pretty easily. Right. And, uh, it's, it's not an, ex- it's not a inexpensive, uh, venture if you're not getting packs, right. If I'm selling a moment for 300 bucks. It's, you know, that's a lot of risk. So, um, I think that the key takeaway there, follow what, those guys are doing for from the tool standpoint and um you know it's the same steps you would take to do research in any cards you're buying now it's not anything different than people are doing um to make purchases of their physical cards uh it's just a a new platform and new kind of way to do so i agree (laughs) i agree uh, I, think they we, got I think we swayed you a little, man. <laughs> you, you guys did. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited about this. I think there's, again, if you can get packs at nine bucks, go have some fun. Yeah, I that's think. it, but, right? Exactly. And but I will say, I have a feeling. I have a feeling the flippers and botters and all of them will be on it very shortly. And yeah. so when that does happen, the most effective thing you can do is educate yourself on how the marketplace works. What's what sells, what doesn't like those guys were saying, because, um, be, because getting a pack is already proving to be very difficult. So, uh, you nailed it. All right. So (laughs) for all, all the people that have stuck around, I want you to kind of help real quickly just explain the blockchain. I, I view it as kind of like a digital ledger. That's the way I that's, kind of that's it. what it is. It, it, the blockchain is a digital ledger. Now, the the difference between what we're talking about with Top Shot versus something like Bitcoin is yep. the non fungible token piece, right? So Bitcoin uh, is a ledger. It is an immutable. Uh, uncensorable ledger that will show you literally every transaction that's ever happened on it. Um, like those guys said, you can, you can, the biggest thing is transparency, immutability, um, authenticity, right? All of those, all of those things. And th- you, you can go into somebody who bought your moment and see what other stuff they're buying. Right. So that, and, but it is, it's all it is, is all blockchain is, is a ledger and it's checks and balances along the way to make sure that transactions are verifiable and 
not reversible, right? Now, the difference between what this is versus a top shot is, you, you know, the NFT, the non-fungible token piece is something that cannot be, They each one is unique. They hold their own unique uh, value, right? So a ver where as Bitcoin, I can send you, a, if you and I switch 0.1 Bitcoin, it's the same, right? But an NFT does not hold the same value as another one. There are no, they're they're each unique, right? So that's why uh, this is, this works for the digital scarcity piece, right? Because you can mint a unique set of NFTs. So, you know, this Devin Booker moment that we keep talking about, right? Yep. That Devin Booker, it's called an ERC-721 token. That's kind of the uh, industry standard for what a NFT is, right? That token has 5,000 Devin Booker highlights attached to it, all in order of serial number, right? And yeah. that's that's how you can trace them. So that's what makes these moments scarce, right? Because you can decide what the mint is. Once they're minted, they can never be... Uh, that you can never make more of them, right? So um, that's kind. Of, that, those are the difference in the two types of blockchains that we're really talking about here. So um, you know, I kind of went over it a little bit at the beginning on on what uh, you know what the differences are from a you know my house versus your house or a dollar versus a dollar, right? Um, so that that's really the the difference there. That's helpful. And I, I will put a link in the show notes to a video on the blockchain that I think is helpful. There's a, there's a lot out there that explain it, but it was like a two minute video that shows some graphics and I'm a very graphical guy. Show me a picture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I just got a pack. I did too. Yes. <laughs> are you, uh, are you the type that's going to hold the pack? You open it immediately. You know what? I I'm starting to believe in, uh, <laughs> Holding sealed wax. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I've opened everything I've gotten so far, though, but I, and I like to do it pretty quickly. But now that I understand, you know, kind of these strategies, you want to open them fast, I think, and kind of see what's yeah. out there and, and what you can do with them. I, I think there's a speed aspect to it, too. But Agreed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that a lot of us do have NBA experience. I think it's going to factor into that. Was my key takeaway is that there's a lot of, uh, um, what's the right word? Um, there's a lot of noobs out there that don't realize the, that's how much the that's the edge that somebody that a collector can have versus all of these people that aren't traditional collector, yeah. uh, you know, sports card collectors, right? That's the edge that you can have, and people are are making a lot of money off of it. So, um, you know, again, the, the, I think Corey hit it on the head. It's gotta be risk management, but that's the same with anything, right? It's yeah. the same getting into sports cards. It's the same when you're buying, uh, you know, altcoins and crypto world, it's, it's all the same stuff, right? Um, if you have the discipline and you can educate yourself, I think you'll do well. There you go. I love it. All right, man. You were super helpful today. This was fun. I I can't wait for round four. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to be soon. Maybe one day you'll have me on your show. How about yeah, that? Heck yeah, for sure. For I know sure. I, I don't get crypto enough. I, I can't I can't hang with you guys. That would, if you ever listen to our show, our show is uh, ninety percent nonsense, ten percent crypto. So uh, <laughs> I, I can fill in that ninety percent nonsense. Probably. And uh, my my co-host is I I would 
pound for pound one of the biggest Laker fans on the planet. So uh, he could talk some basketball for sure. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Well, I, I can I can bring the Nuggets love and the Spurs love with us with, with into the conversation. So awesome, perfect. I, I did just get my pack, so there we go. I got confirmation. I think I got it. I'm trying uh, trying not to to do two things at once. <laughs> well, you now can't refresh and get new packs. I don't know. It's just like it's just so slow right now. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm telling you, bots are coming. Bots are coming. They're bots coming. Are, they're coming. If not already, there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Go enjoy, Graham. Have Thank yourself you. an amazing weekend. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Pleasure right. as always. Yeah, man. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.